0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. So in light of what Apostle Alan has been teaching us, um, keep your faith alive. Last week, Apostle touched on the principle number two and principle number three that spoke about listening to the Word of God with intent and then also meditating on the Word of God daily. As I've been meditating, I come to preach to you this morning on building your life on God's Word. Building your life on God's Word. Family of God, we, we're not supposed to have these isolated events in our life where we're sometimes in victory and sometimes in failure. We're not supposed to have sometimes breakthroughs and sometimes no breakthroughs. No, we are always in a place of victory. We are always in a place of breakthrough. We are always, we're in a continuous cycle of being blessed. But in order for us to have that, it has to be sustained. If there is one fundamental prerequisite that every successful born-again believer has practiced in their life is they have built their life upon the Word of God. Every single area of their life. I can tell you right now, if the whole world adopts what the Bible says just about marriage we're not talking about anything else just about marriage we will never again have divorces never again because the Bible is the blueprint and so for every area of our lives there is scripture and word that God has given us to live in a place of victory John chapter number 16 verse 33 says this, that in this world Jesus says we will have, it's not we might have, it's it's going to happen. We will have tribulation, we will have setbacks, we will have calamity, we will have chaos, we will have failure. But then Jesus says be of good cheer. Why? Because he, Jesus, has already overcome the world. Come with me to the book of Luke chapter number 10 verse 38 and 42, from verse 38 to 42. There was absolutely no excitement for that scripture. I know you're used to me being excited as well, but I'll try again. Luke chapter number 10 verse 38. Danke, From verse 38 to 42 in the Passion Translation of the Bible. And Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey. They came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into a home. Her name was Martha and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he said. When you and I come to the house of God, when you and I take time out to study the word of God, we have to listen with intent. And that intention should be to practically apply. When you and I study the word of God, we should absorb everything that is in there. But Martha became exasperated with finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege away from her. There are many things in today's time that are contending for our attention. And the enemy wants to keep you busy. That's why he's he's trying to continually bring in different challenges, different problems. Sometimes one person is out of one problem and then they're in another problem and they're in another problem. And it seems as if you're in this continuous cycle of never-ending problems. He's trying to keep your attention occupied trying to keep your attention away from the word of God. And when Jesus came to the house of Mary and Martha, Mary immediately stopped what she was doing. And she went to go sit at the feet of Jesus. And I loved how the Passion Translation says that she attentively listened to Jesus, absorbing everything that he was saying. Family of God, if we're going to live the victorious life that Christ has promised us, if we are going to live a life of breakthrough, and if we are going to see every promise that Jesus promised to us fulfilled in our lives in this lifetime, we have to be people that attentively listen to the word of God and absorbing everything that Jesus says we should do we cannot be distracted we cannot God has put together a celebration for this week for you and I to come together to listen attentively to what he has to say to the church for this season and this time and this specific dispensation so that you and I can live a victorious life and so we cannot be distracted We have to focus on the Word of God. We have to set quality time aside to focus on the Word of God at a place of no distractions. Come with me to the book of Matthew chapter number 7, and we're going to read from verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And great was its fall. I want you to notice that the storm didn't just come for the unbeliever. It came for the believer as well. Didn't make a distinction between the man that had enough wisdom to practically apply the word of God. And the man that didn't have wisdom that was a fool. Didn't apply the word. It came for both. So a storm will come. It will come. If you're not in a storm right now, there's a storm waiting for you in your future. And that's not bad prophesying, that's just the Word of God. But the result was different. Same storm, different outcomes. The man that had wisdom to practically apply the Word of God in his life, to build his life upon the Word. When the storm was over, that person was still standing. So storms will not destroy you. In Afrikaans, the storms are your form. Storms is not supposed to destroy us. As a matter of fact, when the storm comes, family of God, you and I will continue to stand. If a recession hits, you and I will continue to prosper. If sickness comes, you and I will continue to be healed. If other people are failing, you and I will continue to be successful. If other people are going backwards, you and I will continue to go forward. If other people are experiencing setbacks and calamity, you and I will continue to be in peace. Why? Because our lives are built upon the rock. It's built upon the word. It's built upon the word. But when the storm came to the house of the man that has heard the word, but he did not practically apply it, did not build his house upon it, the storm destroyed him. And so the storm will come. But you and I, we can predetermine the outcome. When our lives are built upon the house, upon the word of the Lord. Come with me to the book of Colossians chapter number 3 verse 16. It says, let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you abundantly or richly. So the word of God has to take up permanent residence in our hearts. If anyone is looking for the Word of God, besides the Bible, they can look in your heart because that's where it's living. You have to give, if I can say it this way, the Word of God, the title deed of your heart. It has to take up permanent residence in your heart. But now, the Word of God does not live in our hearts permanently, by casually inquiring. You cannot read it from time to time and think it will live there. Apostle Alan taught us so well last week that the word of God only comes into our heart through pondering, through meditating, and through studying. You can go read the Bible. You can read it from Genesis to Malachi and from Matthew to Revelation. The Bible gives us absolutely no instruction to read it. There is no scripture that says, read me. It only uses the words ponder, meditate, and study. Why? Because that's the way it gets into the heart. It's by continually reading and meditating and taking quality time out to look at it with attention. To focus on it. It cannot be a casual inquiry. You and I have to make a decision today and we are so well taught in this house that we're going to set out time every day of our lives to study God's word. Now, I know if you have to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to pray and to study, it's going to take a lot of discipline. But I tell you right now, what starts with discipline will eventually turn into delight. And so in other words, you will look forward to go sleep so you can wake up at 4 o'clock to study God's Word. Ask anybody that have started with God their day. Your day is different. Doesn't matter what happens. And so you and I have to make a quality decision today. That we are going to put time aside in our days. Not while I'm on the phone, while I'm listening to the radio, while I'm driving. No, it is time just for God and His Word. And then what we also should do, we shouldn't read the Bible as if there's a monologue. It's a dialogue. As a matter of fact, most of the time, Pastor Sam, when I have read the Bible, the Bible was reading me. It speaks right into my situation. I've never read it and not gave it an opportunity to speak to me. Must be a dialogue. Must be a dialogue. And so the Bible is also the only book you will ever read in your life when the author is always present. So there is absolutely no reason for you and I to be confused about anything. But for the word of God to take a permanent residence in our hearts. We have to make a quality decision to meditate on God's Word. We have to make a quality decision to ponder and study God's Word. Come with me to the book of James, chapter number 1, verse 21. It says this. Lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Then it says, receive with meekness, the implanted word of God that has the power to save your soul. Now, within that word, there's three fundamental principles that every single one of us should apply when we study God's word. Number one, we should lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. What does this mean? Everything in our heart that has the potential to choke God's word. We have to lay it aside. We have to lay aside envy. We have to lay aside bitterness. We have to lay aside unforgiveness. We have to lay aside whatever it is, jealousy, selfishness. We have to lay these things aside when we are going to study God's word. And so before we come to hear, before we study, cleanse your heart of these things. And then it says, receive the word of God with meekness. It gives us the attitude by which we have to receive. Now, a synonym for meekness is humbleness, but a better synonym for meekness and humbleness is submissiveness. So I'm not reading the word to convince me. I'm reading it because I am convinced. I've already predetermined in my mind and in my heart that whatever I read, I believe. I am not selective. And so once you've laid aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, everything that has the potential to choke the word of God, now you approach the word of God with meekness, with humbleness, with submissiveness to it. And then it says the implanted word of God has the power to save your soul. Now look at this. When you go and buy a plant, you get a plant, it's in a little bit of soil and black bag around it. If you pull it, you will definitely pull it out. Definitely. Why? It's not planted. But if you take that same tree and you put it into the soil of the earth and you leave it there for six months to one year, do you think Pastor Gary will be able to pull it out? No, we will not be able to. Why? It has roots it is grounded it is planted but the planting took time the growing took time the roots took time so what am I saying to you when you and I study God's word when we meditate on god's word not in isolated events but a continuous relentless pursuit to look at god's word that word will take root in your life that word will plant itself in your life and listen to me all of us know when you got saved it's your spirit man that got saved the battle is really in your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotion. But the Bible is saying, listen to me, when you lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, everything that has the potential to choke the Word of God, and you approach the Word of God with meekness, with humbleness, with submissiveness to that Word of God, and you do that with a relentless attitude, you do it continually, then your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions will also have that salvation experience I'm preaching good to you I said to my wife baby when I come today I will not shout at the people I will talk to the people I will talk I said the only thing I will not do I will not wear socks but but I will talk today but it doesn't happen just by quickly inquiring doesn't happen like that Doesn't happen. Come with me to the book of Psalm 119, verse 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. Very familiar portion of scripture. It says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you allow me to for a moment just to flip the script, what it's really saying is that If the word of God is hidden in my heart, I will not sin. It's literally what it's saying. Because sin is literally you and I are missing the mark. That's what it means. But now, how do I hide the word in my heart? You know where I grew up in Freiburg, with my father? He had a study. And in his study, he had safes, seven of them. Everything was always locked up. When my father was upset with my mother, my mother began in the second service, I want to tell the story. My father locked himself up. He liked locking things up. And everything was always kept in a safe. The proof of our insurances, the proof of our investments, everything was in a safe. Everything was always locked up and kept for a minimum of five years, the, the, the invoices and stuff, but the insurances and everything was always in a safe. And so one day I asked him, I said, why? Why is everything always locked up? Why do you keep all of this in a safe? And then my father said these words to me. Well, Dylan, in case there is a fire. In case, it's very rare, but it might happen. It it will never happen, but there's a possibility whatever. Let me not say that. In case there is a fire. The safe protects our evidence that we have insurance that we have investments yes. so that if there is a fire and the house burns down, I can open up the safe, go and present the evidence to the insurance company and we can rebuild our house. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So good. Now your heart is a safe. Yes. Your heart is a safe. Now you have to understand according to the book of Mark chapter number four, the Bible says the thief comes immediately to steal. And so the reason my father had saves, it's because this documentation carried a certain value. That I, he will only put that away in the safe that has value. So if I do not place any value on the Word of God, I will not put it into the safe of my heart. And so what happens when the enemy comes after us and he gives us symptoms of sickness? You then have to go to the safe of your heart. You have to open the safe and begin to pull out the evidence that says by Jesus stripes I am healed. You pull out the evidence that says that he sent his word and he healed me. You pull out the evidence that says that I will pray for the sick and they will recover. You pull out the evidence that says that he stole Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals me. Why? Because it's in your heart. It's the evidence. It's the reality of your life. That might be a fact that you have symptoms. But the truth is you are healed So when the enemy comes against you And say that there's more month Than there is money When he says that you will not be able to pay this And you will not be able to pay that And you will not be able to pay that You go to your safe. You open up your safe. You begin to pull out of your safe the evidence that says you are blessed going in and you are blessed going out. You pull out the evidence that that blessing of God is the power for you to prosper, to multiply, to be fruitful, to subdue and take dominion for the advancement of the kingdom of God. You pull out and it says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and it adds no sorrow. You pull out and say that God will honor his covenant by enabling you to produce wealth the reason why sometimes certain circumstances are prolonged it's because there's no evidence in the safe there's no evidence in the safe and so for you to get it in there you have to place a high value on God's word And then you're going to have to spend time with it. The proof of love is really in the investment of time. Anything you love, you'll spend time with it without effort. Nobody has to encourage me to spend time with my wife and my son. I love to. I look forward to Even if it's late, my wife wakes me up sometimes at 4 o'clock to change the nappy. I agree with you. I'm going to be honest. I'm not always happy, but I always do it. (laughs) I always do it. And when he smiles back, and while I'm asleep, changing that nappy, when he smiles back, I'm like, yeah, I'm okay now. But what the problem sometimes is in many people's lives, we spend time with things that do not have the capacity to reciprocate love. In other words, your phone cannot love you back. Your television cannot love you back. Therefore, so many people are void inside because they're not, they're giving out, but they're not getting back. And so you and I have to, have to, have to make a quality decision today to begin to build our life on the Word of God. And then prioritize that Word enough to put it in your heart. You have to. Now, the Bible says in Luke 6.45, people are known in the same way out of the virtue stored in their hearts good and upright people will produce good fruit likewise out of the evil hidden in their hearts evil ones will produce what is evil for the overflow of what listen to this for the overflow of what has been stored in your heart what has been stored what has been stored in your heart in your safe will be seen by your fruit and will be heard by your words. Whatever is in here will eventually make its way out of here. But it has to be stored in our hearts. It has to be. Because it's from the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And so look at this Genesis chapter number 3, verse 15. The snake has deceived, Satan has deceived Adam and Eve. God comes, he tells him in Genesis 3 verse 15, I will put enmity, cup, between you and the seed of the woman. And you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. The head is always figurative of authority. But now if you study the human body, anatomy, or you know biology, the woman doesn't have seed. It is the man that carries the seed. The woman has the egg. So why would God that had created us say, I will put enmity between you and the seed of the woman? Why would he say it like that? We have to go to the book of Luke chapter number 1 verse 38. Luke chapter number 1 verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We know from the book of Mark, chapter number four, that the sower sows the word and the word is seed. And when God was saying in Genesis 3 verse 15, I will put enmity between you and the seed of the woman, when the angel spoke that word, and Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word. That word is the seed that God spoke about in Genesis 3 verse 15. You and I, most time, probably all time, when God gives us a word, our circumstances doesn't correspond correctly. It looks different. But you're going to have to say to yourself, let it be unto me according to your word you have to and so when they say to you that you don't qualify for the job when they say to you that you do not have the right credentials and the right experiences you're gonna have to say let it be unto me according to thy word what they don't know you might not have the right credentials you might not have the right experiences you might not have the right qualifications but you do have favor you do have favor and because you have favor it will be unto you according to God's word what Ever God has said about you, it does not matter where you find yourself right now. If you have this attitude of submissiveness to whatever He says, your life, your circumstances, your family's life, your marriage, your business, it will line up with what the Word of God says. If you really want to see the fulfillment of promises of God in your life, make God's Word your priority and then say to yourself, let it be unto me according to thy word. So the last scripture I want to give to you is in the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 11 and we read from verse 18 to 19 and then 21. So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are at your home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Write them on the doorposts. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So that as long as the sky remains above the earth, listen to this, you and your children may flourish in the land of the Lord swore to give your ancestors. We cannot be casual inquirers when it comes to God's word. We have to make a quality decision family. To put quality time aside to study God's Word. Has to be. Apostle Alan taught us last week, according to Joshua 1 verse 8, that if you meditate on the Word of God day and night, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Every area of your life at this very moment, does not matter how good it is, it can become better. Oh, yeah. But how does it become better when you and I make a quality decision to study God's word? Let's stand to our feet and give Jesus mighty praise. I want you to put your one hand on your heart and lift your other hand to heaven and say this with me. Say today, I make a quality decision to set quality time aside. Every day of my life to study, to ponder, to meditate on God's Word. I will discipline myself to study God's Word daily. My life, my marriage, my family, my business is built on the house of God. Therefore, it will not fail, it will continue to flourish. Every opportunity I have, I will study God's word. Studying God's word is one of my highest priorities in my life. I know that when I study God's word, I will see the fulfillment of everything God has promised in his word. I will say like Mary said, Let it be unto me, let it be unto my marriage, let it be unto my business, let it be unto my family, according to God's Word. In Jesus' name, I believe God's Word above every other report, and I prioritize it, I value it so much that I hide it in the safe of my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.